BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast, the Morning Zoom. We are here virtually live with you in spirit and in audio and video. Hey, Claude. Hey, guys. Hope everyone's doing well. Happy Thursday. Happy last day of Passover. I went on a major shopping spree yesterday in anticipation of all the delicious snacks that have leavened bread that I'm going to eat today. First up, cookie dough. Do I have an oven? No, but I have a toaster oven and I read them on in the internet that you can make um cookies in the toaster oven and then i also got pizza bagels and then i got tacos i'm just like having a fiesta tonight amigas cheetahs friends for life oh my god that sounds so so fabulous i'm so excited for passover to break i have a home chef meal that i was about to make the night before passover started um but then i I forgot to make it and then it was passover it's like a deconstructed lasagna you were making fun of me for it. Um, like, and I hope the ingredients are still, I hope the ingredients are still fresh because I'm going to be making that tonight. And I'm also recording a Patreon day in the life of quarantine with me. Um, so you guys will get to see whatever I decide to break my Passover fast on. The whole point of a lasagna is to be constructed. So this, like the, the sense of a deconstructed lasagna makes no sense today. I mean, here you are just like yucking my yums and I'm excited about it and you just can't be excited for me and that hurts. <laughs> no, I'm excited for you. <laughs> I just like can't get behind who's ever like, like whatever sommelier like chef that HelloFresh hired to like come up with these like brand new, like young, fresh ingredients. Like I just can't get behind his idea like thinking that deconstructed lasagna was like a smart choice. You know what it is? Actually, they try and make dishes that you can make with like, they expect that you don't have every single pan and casserole dish in your thing. And lasagna, you need that dish that I don't have. You, what true. is it called? Where it's like a clear casserole dish. It's a dish. casserole dish. I don't have that. So if they gave me a lasagna, I wouldn't be able to make it. They made it so that I can make it in my pans, which is that's very beautiful. thoughtful because it's for the amateur chef. Jackie, that's beautiful. Thank you, Claudia. I put my heart into it. <laughs> okay. If anyone ever gets to see my comedy special, you will understand all these weird references. You know what's so funny is I was reading. I was up all night. This quarantine, like, I cannot fucking sleep. You it's were reading? So no. Oh, sorry. I was reading Facebook posts oh. in the group um, and in Tipsy Toasters. Someone commented, um, like, a day ago, and, like, literally there was one comment, but she was like, does anyone else feel like Claudia and Jackie have changed? And, like, in the past few oh weeks- God. Some girl was like, what do you mean? She's like, I just feel like there's a level to the show that like I don't understand anymore. Like so many inside jokes. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with us quoting my comedy special because nobody's seen it. But like we know mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Um, so and I've actually been getting a lot of questions like about Steenie Lexicon. And I think maybe it might behoove us to do like a podcast segment where we take questions like explaining what people aren't understanding. Okay, I could do that. Maybe we'll do that. No, tomorrow we have like so much to recap. Maybe we'll do that on like a Tuesday. 
you know, yeah, Tuesdays just are a quiet. mundane Wednesday. Well, Wednesday's deer toasters, and yesterday's deer toasters. Tuesday. Had me crying. I literally was up in bed putting it on my TV, making Ben watch the Carlos Santana thing. Oh my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, I feel that. Well, I'm glad that that's how we changed just because we're getting even more like into our own inside jokes and not just like, you know, the fame has gone to our heads, like all this. Oh, people love to say that too. Well, literally I was up all night just like reading stuff about myself. That's what I do when I can't sleep. And then like anxiety and then like I can't sleep anymore. I almost got to a point almost where I was on Reddit. Okay. Oh my God. Why were you doing that? I just couldn't sleep. And like, there was like, there was such, it was dry on the internet. Like there was nothing for me to really look at on Instagram and Ben was asleep. So I couldn't watch TikToks. And then I was just like searching like Twitter and stuff. And then I was like, Oh, maybe if I just press this, (laughs) I was just looking for something stimulating and I wasn't finding it. And like talk, like hearing what people have to say about me. Um, is often quite stimulating. Interesting. Well, did anyone say anything about me? No, I, I didn't go there. Oh, okay. Cool. But it's well, been I like actually years since mm-hmm. I've like went down that rabbit hole and it's like really hard for me like to come out of it. So I really purposely like try not to let myself go to places like that. Um and I almost like had a slip up, but I didn't. I'm good. Oh my God, that's so dark. I was so stimulated last night because we recorded our episode of The Redheads. It was so good. It's like an hour and 30 minutes almost of us just like talking about this book that we all loved. But I put together our four audio files. So it really, the audio was like such premium quality. It was really a labor of love. I, we recorded the episode at five o'clock and I finished editing it at 1130. So I was literally working on it for like six hours straight. So please listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for those who are wondering why Jackie and I are back to Zoom, we have made the very difficult but necessary decision to temporarily stop filming. Um, it just is what's best for everyone. And while we are sad because we know a lot of people like live for the live stream and really have come to rely on it in these quarantine times, we just have to do what's best for our company, for us, and that's doing Zoom. So we will let you know when we're back in studio, but it won't be for a little bit. Yeah, Zoom's not that bad. I feel like the episode on Monday, people enjoyed – um, we'll get better with our audio. Hopefully. I mean, now that I'm using a microphone, that should be good. And if it's not good enough, we'll try something else. So it's this is not good enough. A- I did a podcast with Taylor Strecker. I don't know if it came out yet, but it was literally like sensational audio. But that's also because you were in our studio and you had no, our- but she wasn't. So like we could be using our podcast equipment. The key is to record your podcast. If anyone's like a podcaster looking for how to make quality content in these quarantine times, it's to FaceTime with the person that you're um, podcasting with. Both you have to wear headphones and then you have to use your own podcast equipment to record on a totally separate um, device. So like a Zoom or your computer. Um, and, and it's okay. So if this doesn't work out, I have good ideas for tomorrow and next week. But I think this yeah. should be okay. Well, then it would be a good podcast, but how would we get a video for YouTube? Oh, we wouldn't. Or we could record the screen, the FaceTime, but I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay, so we're going to try and make this work. Um, without further ado, it is a very slow news day, but we did not want to leave you without a show. So let's just get right into the fast four stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Okay. Quickly. I'm feeling very vulnerable, like having my bedroom on display. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I had to make my bed and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I moved to the bedroom as well because I was filming in our quote unquote home office and the lighting was just not good. I have so much white noise coming from my AC unit, which I've never even turned on in my life. And it's just always roaring. 
Yeah. You got to turn it off. That's the life of a podcaster. You always start sweating when you podcast. No, I've, I don't turn it on. I've never turned it on. It just makes noise. It sits there and like hums. So I came to the bedroom so I can be in front of my vanity. Yeah, it does. It does. I don't use it. I even Peloton in that room and I don't turn the AC on because I want it to feel like soul cycle. So like, oh my God, you're insane. I've, ne- I've literally never turned the air conditioning on in that room, yet the machine is finding a way to be heard. That's crazy. But I think my lighting is better in here. I'm further away from Zach, so I'm not like, you know, embarrassing him on his work calls talking about yeah, and it Carlos looks Santana. Eh, does it? I don't know. My bedroom yeah. is just like not it. I think I need to That's move. <laughs> okay, oh let's get into the first story because Michael Che is paying rent for the New York City neighbors of his grandmother who died of coronavirus. This is such a sweet story. Michael Che is paying homage to his grandmother, Martha, who recently died of coronavirus complications in the kindest way possible. The SNL star will pay one month's rent for 160 residents in his grandmother's public housing complex in New York City. Quote, it's crazy to me that residents of public housing are still expected to pay their rent when so many New Yorkers can't even work, he wrote on Instagram. Obviously, I can't offer much help by myself, but in the spirit and memory of my late grandmother, I'm paying one month's rent for all 160 apartments in the NYCHA building she lived in. That's so sweet, but really shedding light on a much larger issue um, that public housing residents should not have to pay um, rent during the quarantine. And to be honest, like, you know, I'm not one for politics. And I think that Governor Cuomo is doing such a fabulous job really taking New York, you know, and making it into a uh, a livable place again, but this is falling on the hands of Bill de Blasio, the mayor, because this is a, a mayoral thing. And this I just is a feel New like, York city thing, right? It's not a New York state thing. Like governor Cuomo's in Albany, like for the state, like there are things outside Manhattan and Bill de Blasio is supposed to be in charge of Manhattan. And he has been totally useless in trying to help governor Cuomo and like, just trying to like alleviate New York city as one of the biggest hubs in the world of coronavirus. Um, and to me, this is just like such an easy thing that should be taken care of and here yet again being disappointed by de blasio i cannot wait for him to be out of office i'll literally take no it's it's so crazy like he doesn't even have to do anything or come up with any ideas on his own during the pandemic just like listen to the people follow governor cuomo and just like follow what people are doing that people like you know yeah and you know what if i was a politician i would actually use this um quarantine and and whole pandemic to my advantage because people are really really struggling like they're looking for the first time ever like i've literally never thought in my life like i need to turn to my governor or i need to turn to my mayor but people are really turning yeah. to like their leaders and bill zawazio is like a disgrace towards politics he's a disgrace towards leaders everywhere like those shoes were meant for a beautiful woman and if that's the case like he shouldn't have had them he shouldn't be wearing them because he is nothing of the sort it's so fucking crazy. This city is in shambles. I can't yeah. believe like we're the greatest city in the world. I just, I can't even get into it. It's, it's oh, by the way, people who say New York is the greatest city in the world haven't been here I've in never like been 30 here. years. No, it I used to be here. like fabulous. Like when you watch breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah, fabulous. It's not that anymore. It's rad. No. Pure, and it's I shit. Think, I think in the last 10, it goes in and out. I feel like New York is always like up and down, just like anything else. It's a Ramona coaster. But I feel like in the last 10 years, it's really gone to shit. Like even when it was like Gossip Girl, when we were in high school, like things were popping, you know? Yeah, oh God, Maybe so just because sure. we were, we, like it was a nice place to be. And there were so many restaurants and it was clean. Like you can tell where New York is at in terms of like leadership and just based on the cleanliness. Of course. Just take a walk down a street. Like, you'll know what's good. Okay, this next story is so crazy. I didn't see anyone writing about it except for, of course, Pop Crave News. But Fashion Nova, 
is trending on Twitter after the retail company sent a mass text to their customers promoting the spending of stimulus checks on their products. So they sent a push notification to people who opt in for Fashion Nova push notifications that said, when the stimulus deposit hits, save up to 80% off site wide, use code stay in 80. Okay, like, no. This I is know, not, you know what? This is not what the government <laughs> intended. No, but I do have to say three things. One, this is incredibly out of touch and like borderline insensitive to people who are like waiting on this check to like pay their rent, put food on the table. Like it's just so out of touch. I can't even, but it is my understanding that the whole concept of stimulus checks is to stimulate the economy and like a, you yes. know, invest in businesses and therefore Fashion Nova would be considered a business. Like I get it. But the third yeah. thing is like, I just want to know like how many people had to like approve this for it to go through. Like Fashion Nova is actually a pretty big company. Like they, they're fast fashion. They make a lot of money. Like they definitely hire a lot of people. I would just love to know like how many people thought this was a good idea. You know what? I don't even think it's that. I think that whoever does their social and whoever does their push notifications does a really good job. I think that person has pretty much absolute power when it comes to what goes out. I think that that person spends a lot of time on the internet, on TikTok, and got like just assumed this was a good idea because this is the zeitgeist, but it just really misses the mark um, in terms of people who need that money not to spend yeah. it on like fast fashion that employs slave laborers um, and instead to put food on their table and take care of their families. Yeah, like they should be putting food on the table, not by a spandex dress that literally will rip the second you put it around one thigh yeah it's just it's not it it's like it's honestly a really funny fuck up um yeah but yeah i mean they're they but fashion over is so controversial in general like they, they, i don't even think this even scratches the surface of what's wrong with them as a company you yeah. read that that article that they literally pay their workers like two dollars an hour like below minimum wage it's like no. slave labor mm-hmm. in america or like in a mm-hmm. sweatshop in, in california in california Ooh, not yeah, that it makes it any better abroad but it's just a lot of companies um i watched in um in one of my classes in college you made us watch this documentary about how they took like five European like young bloggers who were like really spoiled and took them to a sweatshop in Cambodia that makes clothing for Zara, H&M. And they made them work in the sweatshop for one day. And these kids were like dying from the the circumstances. Um, And it was a total expose on the whole fast fashion industry. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, but no, um, I feel like no, this is not going to affect Fashion Nova. I agree. Like, no, they're not at all. They're used to controversy. Honestly, this probably boosted sales for them. So whatever works. Yeah, well, I don't think this will uh, affect them at all. It's honestly just kind of funny. Um, but whatever. Okay, another brand with a faux pas that's making it right is Reese Witherspoon, who's donating to teacher aid organization after Draper James flap. So I didn't hear about this, but it turns out uh, Draper James this week caught flack for a giveaway that backfired when it's underestimated demand. I guess it was a giveaway for a free dress for teachers. A million teachers entered the contest for a free dress and the company was only offering 250. So I guess they caught some backlash. I mean, how could they, a million, that's crazy. I had no idea that, that this brand was so popular. Was the premise of the giveaway to give one away to everyone who entered or just like a contest? I think just a contest, but... Um, so what's the problem? And how does everyone know how many people entered? That's how giveaways know. work. Says, 10 people enter, one of them wins. 
Education professionals were directed to an online application form with a deadline and told that winners would be notified the following week and sent their dresses while supplies last. But while Draper James' initial announcement was well-intentioned and met with much fanfare, uh, they seemed to underestimate how many teachers would take them up on the offer. There are more than 3 million public school teachers in the U.S. alone. So maybe it was like if you if you entered, teachers who assumed they were entering a giveaway rather than a raffle are sharing their uh, frustration on, on social media. So I thought I'm sorry. You know, no. a giveaway is different than a raffle though. Cause it's not just like, Oh, a few it's like, we're giving it away. I don't know. 250 is a giveaway. I'm sorry. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with this contest. That's how contests and giveaways and sweepstakes work. It wouldn't be exciting if everyone won. Of yeah, course, I well, would anyways, could get a dress, but that's not how the company, that's not how the giveaway works. Why are they apologizing? This makes no sense. I must be this. Well, something. she's, Reese Witherspoon made a donation to the nonprofit donors choose to support three Southern cities, support teachers in three Southern cities. The donation from Reese and her fashion line Draper James will support all of our highest need teachers in New Orleans, Atlanta, and Nashville, and many more throughout the country. That's fabulous. I love a donation. I just need to know what controversy was really there. That yeah. spiral. She didn't just donate for no reason. You go through controversy and you donate. That's how being a celebrity works. I feel like there's something about, I'll, I'll read the article again. I feel like there's something we are missing as to because why this is so. If they're guilty of something, every brand, including the toast, is guilty of doing a giveaway. Giveaways are meant to be where winners are selected. I'm not understanding. And if this is like the, the level of heightened cancel culture we've got to, then I'm shook. Okay. This is what the, the angry teachers were tweeting. Out of 535 teachers on a social media page on Facebook, not even one got a free Draper James dress. What in the what? They all received codes for either 20 to 30% off discount codes. They said, can't even afford the dresses with a discount. Great, mar great marketing ploy. Another one. Wow, Draper James clearly doesn't know how much teachers make. We love teachers. Here's 30% off our ridiculously expensive dresses. If I'm spending $100 on an everyday dress, it better also grade essays. Okay, I'm still not understanding. <laughs> so know, The teachers are upset. We got to protect the teachers. You have to protect the teachers. But So are they mad that they didn't win the contest or that they never were able to win the contest? There's a difference. But if you didn't win... Uh, that's how it works. I'm very confused. Yeah. I'm sure it's frustrating to, to them to have not won, but like, just because, does entering this specific contest guarantee winning it? I don't know. I don't know. And just because this one Facebook group got mad, Reese Witherspoon had to make a donation. It sounds like a, a, like a subgroup of people who hate the toast. No, totally. I have no idea. That's a really crazy story. So, yeah. Well, anyway, Whatever. you know what? At the end of the day, more money right. for charity. The teachers exactly. are benefiting and we love to benefit the teachers. A thousand percent taking the load off of them. So whatever weird turn of events, Scott Reese Witherspoon to make a sizable donation to Donors Choice, like here for it. I love exploiting okay. a celebrity um, like controversy just to make some money for charity. The charity world, man, it's just crazy. It is really crazy. Our fourth and final story is that Kanye West is on the cover of GQ. Oh my God. So I haven't read the article yet and I want to read it because I hate when people like, try and sum up what Kanye said. And it's like, that's not what he had said, you know? Mm -hmm. But so I read um, Kanye West is on the cover of GQ in a tank. And I was like, oh, like he's wearing a tank top. Like who cares? And then I, no. and then I was like, I saw the cover. I'm like, that's not a tank top. I was like, but it's a tank. 
It's literally like a tiny tank. He loves a tank moment. Yeah, I didn't read the article either. I'm just like happy for him and whatever like he's spewing. Sometimes I just can't, literally can't keep up with the Kardashians. Like there's too much. I know, but it's just like he's sharing his, uh, in the article, it's called Inside Kanye West Vision for the Future. First, he changed the sound of popular music. Then he revolutionized fashion and sneakers. Now Kanye West is redesigning the very building blocks of family life, food, clothing, and shelter. And he's claimed thousands of acres in Wyoming as a test site for his ideas. GQ followed Kanye from Cody to Calabasas, from Cabo San Lucas to Paris to see it all firsthand and to talk to him about his next album, his altered ego. Oh, that's interesting as opposed to alter ego, altered ego, because he changed his ego and his renewed faith in God. Sounds Sounds just like, yeah, honestly, it must have been super fun for whatever like intern journalist got to travel with Kanye from Cabo San Lucas to Paris. You know, like, do you think that they put him on the plane or they made him fly commercial? I think they put him on the plane. They're pretty good about putting people on the plane unless Courtney's coming and then the trainers and the security have to fly commercial. Totally. (laughs) Kardashian's Um, on tonight. Oh, yes. I was Real Housewives of New York. Um, I'm hoping we're going to get better episodes of both because this past week uh, just didn't do it for me in terms of New York Housewives or keeping up with the Kardashians. I have a high bar, especially after watching this stellar, sensational, inspired, and fabulous premiere of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, that's my level now, and I don't feel like I should watch anything less than that. Yeah, so I feel like that's a great segue to recap Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is really, like, the reason for the season. The reason we did an episode today because it was oozing fabulosity. I just, I've never been so excited. Every time Beverly Hills comes back, like I get chills, like I'm excited. But this, in my opinion, was one of the best season premieres of any franchise ever. Okay, here's the thing. I like kind of agree with you, but um, I feel like it was just the best because we were so excited. But when you break it down to its essential bits and because we love all the women, like it all revolved around this Kyle Richards, New York fashion week fashion show. That was like, so season one, I feel like anytime a housewife does a fashion show, it's like so janky. And so like season one, season two housewives. And I just couldn't believe that season 10 of real housewives of Beverly Hills. Like Kyle is taking us back there with some janky ass fashion show where her daughters and her castmates are walking. Okay. Yes, I agree. Like, we are so above, just in Beverly Hills and the fact that we're on season 10, like, we're above a fashion show put together with scotch tape. I totally agree. But in Kyle's defense, like, it was as good as it could have been. Like, she did get Pier 59 at New York Fashion Week. She had a full production. Like, Kyle, uh, Paris, and Nikki were there. Like, it was the highest level Housewives fashion show by a mile. And I didn't think it was so janky. Yes, I'm, like, over a fashion show in a Housewives, like, franchise because it's so silly like it's never been real but it was it was at the level that I expected it to be at I don't know it was just and even seeing the behind the scenes and it's like she hasn't even seen the garments it was like what is going on why is Kyle Richards like putting her name on this why is she always doing these collaborations like there's something that I'm not understanding and she was like talking with Dorit like I'm not just gonna put my name on something like that I don't believe in and it's like why are you even in this position like you used to have a clothing store. I I just, I didn't understand. I actually, I did, I do agree that the fashion show came out as best as it possibly could. Um, But there was something so season one about it. I can't explain it. I didn't, until you mentioned it, like I didn't really get like all bent out of shape over it. Like you're right. Like it is, it is below them for sure. But like it didn't (laughs) impact way that I felt or like the the episode because to me there was so much to the episode including the fashion show but I just 
I don't even know where to start. Let's start with our two new ladies because just, our set- I absolutely like even saying the words fashion show, like I feel so corny. Like I'm I can't. And you know who's the only person I'll take a fashion show from now from now on on the Real Housewives, honestly. Like the only Let's one see. who makes me feel something with their fashion show. Who? Dorit. Melissa Gorga. No, Melissa Gorga. I love her fashion show. It's like family. She is who she is. She's like running down the runway, like being herself. She actually owns a clothing store. Like I like her version of a fashion show, but when anyone else is like, what, bringing it to New York Fashion Week? Like, oh my God, maybe I just don't go to enough Fashion Week stuff and that's actually how it's done. But just, I can't with the fashion show. Okay. I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. It makes me feel like, it makes me feel like when we were like eight years old and we used to walk down our hallway and be like, fashion show. See, to me, that's what Melissa Gorga's was. Like, Kyle's had a production. Like, it had – there was a lot of press there. I was actually invited and couldn't make it and, like, was lamenting the whole episode that I wasn't there. Um, and Why I couldn't you it, make it? I had someone to do it. Like, I was – I was I had another commitment. What could have been, like, more popping than that? Honestly. Something. I remember, like, being upset that I wasn't able to go because I knew they were filming. Damn. That sucks. Um, okay, let's talk about the two new women because Garcelle Bouvier was just Love. everything. Like, I, she very seamlessly, like, even though it was obvious she didn't really know anyone except for Denise, everyone was super welcoming. Um, I just, I have such a good feeling about her. Like, she's funny. She didn't, like, sometimes when somebody joins, and I think this happened a little bit with Teddy Mellencamp, like, they're just so eager to, like, be a part of the group that they're very much, like, a people pleaser, and they don't really add much to conversation until they get comfortable. But Garcelle is very much, like, a force, and I think a lot of the women, like, respected her vibe, especially Erica Jane, and I could see a very powerful friendship between the two. I totally agree. I loved her energy. I love that she, like, didn't pretend like she didn't know who these people are, but she's still getting to know them. She's not just, like, making assumptions about them based on what they wear, like some other people. Sutton is, like, the wodiest wode I've ever woded. You know what? I have to... I have to say, I thoroughly disliked Sutton, but not for the reasons that one might think. Like, I just, I, I'm 100% sure that, like, production was asking her questions. Like, what do you think of Teddy's outfit? Like, I don't think she's generally like that, like, just going around and being mean about people's outfits. I'm sure what she said was her truth, but I just think she mm-hmm. was provoked saying that. What I really disliked about her was that, like, I don't know, if she's as rich as everyone says she is, like, that's just not how rich people act. Like, even when when she got to go to Dolce and Gabbana's house and get dressed by them like and it was obviously like a very prestigious thing that happens to her a lot she was just being so braggy about it like and so ostentatious like not not gracious and not like I just I just felt like if that was something that happens for her regularly like and she was a really really rich person people like that would act differently like they would act with more grace she was just being so show offy and so braggy like to Lisa Rinna and for the cameras like it was just giving me like a really bad vibe that she's like the worst type of rich person interesting yeah I'm gonna reserve actual like judgment of her until we get to know her a little better because right now we're only like we haven't really had oh no we did have a confessional with her but I want to see her home life and like I want to get to know her maybe there's more to her like but this was just not a good debut episode considering like Garcelle was there and just like showed you how it's done um it was just a little clunky and you know what maybe like this explains why she doesn't have a diamond maybe she's not getting one because it seems like with all the drama about to take off like if she doesn't ingratiate herself in the group quickly she's gonna get left behind because like we're turning to Denise soon 
Yeah. Also, I was getting the vibe that she like knew the housewife's formula and was just like saying and doing things because she wants to be a housewife, which is the worst type of mentality you can come in with. And I do think that like she starts petty fights and like is a little nuts and it comes off inauthentic. And I think that she might end up not being a housewife just because she's not good at it. Yeah. And the other women, like she might have been able to be a housewife in another city, but the yeah. real housewives of Beverly Hills are just on another level. Like my girl, Dorit, like was she extra precious this episode or was it just me? Um, She was a little bitchy about the fashion show. Like she literally went to one she- meeting and claimed that the show wouldn't have gone on without her. No, she was a little bitchy in her confessional, but not at the... um. Not in real time, which makes me feel like something might happen between her and Kyle to, like, make her talk, like, so negatively. Also, Kyle was, like, tweeting shady. Like, she was live tweeting the episode and just, like, being shady, especially about the things that Dorit said. Like, taking credit for all of Kyle and, like, the production Tracy's team's work. Um, I know, but, Dorit like – I know, but the fact that Kyle was, like, beefing with her production team, it was just very season one. And you know no, what that it was? was that was funny. It was, very, it was very Real Housewives of Orange County when they had the fashion show on the boat. I happened to think that was hilarious when she got a phone call and they were like, Tracy said she wants to stay away from you today. I thought that was hilarious because that woman, Tracy, was, like, being so angry at the meeting at Shahida's before. Um, I didn't have, like, that reaction to the fashion show that you did, but I totally understand and respect why you did. Yeah, but I will say, um, ultimately, I really liked a lot of the clothes. I completely agreed with Garcelle that Erica was in the wrong outfit. I loved when Dorit went to the um, showroom or whatever, the closet, um, when she put on that uh, like jacket, trench. that like trench, but it kind of looks like, like your pajamas vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely loved it. So I really do like a lot of the clothes. I'm excited to see where this goes for Kyle because that really is her signature style. I just wish there was a a way to showcase your new fashion line without having a fashion show. Yeah, I I, I agree. I thought the fashion line was actually pretty cute. While not everything was for me, I could see Kyle Richards wearing everything. And so for her to put her face, her name to that, I understood why she was like alpha clamped when like Shahida was out making ugly yellow mustard tops. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also Sutton like respected the... um, the clothes as well. And so did Garcelle. And I, I feel like it actually was good stuff. I wonder where it's um, sold. I wonder where you could get it. I feel like you would actually look like really good in a lot of that stuff. Thank you. Um, also really quickly, I did a little research on um, Sutton Strack's husband because Lisa was like, he's a hedge fund, money, 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 baseball teams. And I found his like net worth being $690,000. So no. <laughs> no, it's obviously not real, but like, just makes you think. I thought you were going to say 690 million. And then I was when like, I read oh. it, when I read it, I assumed it said 690 million and then it said 690,000. Interesting. But like if they own two baseball teams, then shouldn't they be billionaires? Yeah, no, by the way, if you own a baseball team, like you are rich before because you have to buy the baseball team. Like nobody yeah. is starts small with their baseball team and then gets rich. No, she's Yeah, and then gets like, two of them. Right. No, she's up there, but I don't. And then the baseball um, teams are worth something. So they, their net worth would have to be at least a billion dollars. And you know, if she's a billionaire, if she's a billionaire, like we'll give her a few more episodes. Yeah. But I just have to say like for all the trouble we went to, to go to Dolce & Gabbana's house, that atrocity of an outfit she ended up walking out in was really a disgrace to fashion, a disgrace to women and a disgrace to life. Well, you know what? Like, here's the thing. It really didn't suit her, but I feel like it would have been really cute on me. Actually, it would have been cute on, like, Kyle Richards. Like, I could see her wearing Dorit. something. Like Dorit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Durant. Garcelle on Watch Happens Live when she was asked which of the ladies have the biggest ego, she said Kyle Richards. I feel that. I also feel like it's warranted because she's the last OG, like Tracy Morgan, you know? And look how she's acting versus like Teresa Judice, who's the last OG too. Like Teresa Judice is a monster. All right. Kyle has a bit of an ego. We'll give it to her. We'll give it to her. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Okay. I mean, the most incredible part was the last minute of like teasing and showing and foreshadowing this huge, what's the word? Uh, Bombshell. Bragus. Oh, yeah. Like this big thing that we've been hearing about. I wasn't entirely sure of the validity of it, but they they didn't pretend like it hadn't gotten leaked, which I really appreciated. Like they acknowledged that people are talking about how Brandy Glanville exposed that allegedly her and Denise Richards had an affair. Um, and that seems to be the thing that kills d- the group for Denise. And and they they're it looks like they come at it from a place of like, we all come on this show, like no skeletons. Like we have to be completely honest. Lisa Renna's like, I'm talking about my daughter's eating disorder. And I, I agree with that. But something about the way, like who Denise was before the show makes me think like she didn't come on this show to like bear her all. She came on the show for a paycheck. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I don't, I feel like when we see it all unravel, we'll have different thoughts because right now, like, Yes, I agree. You're supposed to put your life out there, but there's a lot that these women don't show or, or, or don't yeah. talk about and the other women respect it. So if Denise is having an extramarital relationship and either it is because she's in an open marriage or not, like that seems like the type of thing that the other women for each other would have ordinarily protected, you know? And yeah. like, even with Dorit and her lawsuits or like Kyle and Maurizio have been through a lot and Erica and her, like there's all there's a lot of stuff that comes up all the time and the women like actually draw a very hard line. Um, That's why last season when Camille came for Dorit's finances, it was like such a big deal. And so while they, yes, they are very authentic and they share a lot of their lives. I wouldn't call them the castmates that bear all. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I do think that, and I'm sure we'll find out, I don't think Denise Richards was running around having an affair. Like, I'm, she, she's been very open about her and Aaron's, like, sexual, you know, rendezvous, rumps in the sack. And I just think, like, having somewhat of an open relationship as, when it comes to, like, being with a woman is a part of that. And, like, who cares? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm remaining open-minded about it because I feel like watching it play out, we might feel a certain type of way that we couldn't yeah. possibly feel right now because we don't know anything. Yeah. But overall, I just thought it was like such a good episode, such a good premiere. I love I having these back. Every outfit was just stellar, stellar, stellar. Like Erica Jane at V-Files, like they really have become, because of the show, like so famous. And I love that they're leaning into that. I love that the first episode they went to New York, I feel like normally they maybe would have had like one or two episodes like getting ready for New York. And like, I just don't need that. Like they just dove right in, which makes me think they have a lot of footage and like they don't need a lot of filler episodes, which is very exciting. And I'm just so pleased with where the cast is at. I love how famous they are. Like I love how Lisa Rinna like was famous before, but is now more famous than ever for being a housewife. Erica Jane is so famous. Kyle is so famous. Like they're leaning into like the housewives fame and it's not like the the traditional housewives fame that has like a little bit of like a want want to it. It's like, it's, that's what I'm, I forget where I read it, but it's like Beverly Hills is the crown jewel of the Real Housewives franchise. And it's so true. 
Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's such a pleasure to have them back on TV. I'm so excited. I didn't realize how much I missed all of them and having like their fashion inspiration in my life. And also like they make me realize how much the other housewives and franchises, like the fashion is just like really bad. Some would say a disgrace. Yeah, some would say that. Um, okay, so here's an update on Toast Movie of the Day. I didn't have time to finish Hannah Montana, the movie, because I was up until 11.30 doing the Redheads, and then I had to watch Beverly Hills. So then I started Hannah Montana, movie, but then it was 2 a.m., and I had to go to sleep. So I'm going to give one more day for Hannah Montana, the movie, because I'm still going to watch it, because I was just, like, loving it already. Um, and plus, we have to watch Rahoni and Kardashians tonight. Yeah, so there'll be a lot of stuff to recap on tomorrow's show. Hopefully some more celebrity news because today was a little little thin, like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's it, thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe. Give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast, anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places, wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Show, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Love you guys very much. Hope you guys are staying safe, and we will see you back on Zoom tomorrow. Bye.